Hello, everyone, and thanks for tuning in to the Left of Greg podcast. I am Brian Marin, the host and creator of the show. As always, I will be joined by human behavior expert, Mr. Greg Williams, who the show is affectionately named after. Here on the Left of Greg show, our goal is to increase your advanced critical thinking skills through a better understanding of what we call human behavior, pattern recognition, and analysis. If you'd like to find out more about what that is, you can check out our website at arcadiacognorati.com or by following us on Facebook at HBPRA or on Twitter at A underscore Cognorati. You can also check out the videos of the podcast on the Left of Greg YouTube channel where we also post some short clips on some of the concepts that we talk about during the show. The links to everywhere I just mentioned are in the episode detail, so go ahead and check them out while you're listening along. If you have any questions or would like us to cover a specific topic, please reach out to us at leftofgreg at gmail.com. On today's episode, we are discussing a case from Tennessee where a dispute between two neighbors escalated over time and eventually led to a homicide. Although these situations happen all the time in the U.S., we rarely learn anything from them. Today, Greg and I will attempt to answer the question, when is enough enough? Thanks again for tuning in, and we hope you enjoy the show. All right, Greg, ready to kick it off here? I think so. So today... What's the topic today, Brian? (laughs) So today, uh, we're going to be talking about, well, we'll start off with the story of a guy from a place called Rocky Top, Tennessee. And this guy uh, was killed uh, by his neighbor. His Davy Roach was his name. His neighbor, George Patterson, uh, shot him in his driveway as he sat there with his fiance uh, due to an ongoing argument that they had. Now, this didn't really make national news. It didn't get something popular. It's actually even just trying to Dig in for the details is tough because it's all local stuff with not right. a lot of reporting on it. Um, but um, the the idea is, you know, we see this stuff all the time. This stuff happens in the news all the time where we say someone snaps or they went crazy and all of a sudden they just killed someone. But when you start looking into the story, it turns out what? Oh, they've been arguing for a long time. The police exactly. have been called before. All these different issues arise. and And so we you know, we use a couple different analogies, but I think today we'll keep it in the frame of when is enough enough? Meaning when does that person make that decision from going, Hey, I just want my say to, Hey, I want my way. So what is it that, cause we call it different things for different situations, right? So in a lot of terms, it's called like a trigger. You know, there's some, something triggered a person to where I like our analogy we use where the glass is full now all of a sudden their glass is full and it starts to spill over because they can't hold anymore. They can't carry any more of whatever it is they're dealing with. So I guess I'll just throw it to you to start off, Greg, is, you know, how does it happen? How does it happen where, uh, how does it go from you and your neighbor arguing over mowing the lawn or, um, you know, Christmas decorations you put up or a fence or a camera that you got? How does it go from that to that's it? Now it's a homicide. How does that how does that actually happen? So uh, for all the people that are listening or, or watching that know that we're live, uh, I offer this USB port free for anybody oh, that geez. can name the band that does the song Rocky Top Tennessee in in the lyrics. That'll be a good little side thing for you, Marin. So if somebody contacts please, you, please email leftofgreg at gmail.com. The first person you. will get a shout out on the next episode. They have no idea. Okay, <laughs> no so listen. Uh, I, I grieve with you and I grieve with the, the people that died. But what we're talking about today, then, if this is the topic, is cognitive dissonance. 
Cognitive dissonance is that oasis that you see in the distance, and it's caused by heat monkeys rising up off the asphalt and your lack of hydration rather than having a real thing there. So let me back off and give yeah, that a little expl- more detail. explain that a little bit further. Cognitive dissonance only occurs inside of a human's brain when you're convinced that the situation uh, uh, revolves around you rather than the earth and the rest of the planets revolving around the sun. So I'll give you an example. You choose to continue to smoke and you know all the damage that smoking causes, but you say, ah, I've been smoking my whole life and something's got to kill me. That's cognitive dissonance. You say that, hey, listen, you know, we understand that that I could exceed the speed and safety rating of the vehicle that I'm in. Uh, and, you know, the roads are slick because of whatever. But I drive all the time and I'm a professional driver. That's cognitive dissonance creeping up on you and making you stupid. So you say that even though this has happened with my neighbor, he'll never really get a gun and go in the house and load it and come out and shoot me in the head. And it happens all the time. One of our most frequent contributors of little bits of information that's, that's writing us all the time, uh, 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 Sam Charlie. Uh, from back uh, on the East Coast, if Michigan's the East Coast, uh, he writes us all the time and sends us these little vignettes, right? Yeah. So one of them that he sent happened uh, maybe a week or two ago. And uh, if you remember the video, Brian, out of Warren, Michigan, taken by a cell phone inside of a van where the female who has a restraining order against a male is saying, what are you doing with the gun? Why are you wiping off those bullets? Why are you loading that magazine with the wiped off bullets? Why are you putting the magazine in the weapon? all the way until she gets killed, and then he leads a high-speed chase uh, uh, in, in Warren, Michigan. They finally uh, arrest him. Now he's charged with murder. She couldn't see that the Oasis was there because of the heat monkey. Do you understand? The dissonance was, hey, this is a guy I love. This is a guy we went out with. Yeah, we argued. Yeah, we did this. But he would never kill me. Listen, every human being has a capacity of mass murder or suicide Every single one of us could do that. Right. So when is that? And when is that mark? Okay, and that cognitive dissonance, I know we talk about that a lot of time with denial, what goes into, no, my kid would never do that. You know, my exactly. uncle would never do that. My dad, whatever this is, my husband would never actually. This is do not that. my son. My son yeah. would never have done but, what, what the news is. Reporting. So, exactly. so the, big, the big one in this case is that, which this still, that cognitive dissonance still happened, but in this specific case about the, the Rocky Top, uh, uh, Tennessee, was that they were actually, they've called police before. Uh, they've called reporters before, uh, exactly. even the day before. So they were saying like, look, this is going, they're all, they're all both screaming, right? Literally. Hey, this is going to turn into a shootout. Someone's going to kill someone. Yes. So, 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 so they're, I'm all crossing you. they're all, they're all looking, they're but looking, they can't at the train, see it, Brian. Right? but they're looking at the train going towards that intersection where the gates are still up and they're going, well, there's going to be a crash. Exactly. But, but then why, how come in this case there, there was less than the denial, but, but they never did anything or nothing would ever occur. So, so, so grab your yellow pad, folks at home, and in the left-hand side of it, draw a box. And in that box, put cognitive dissonance, okay? Now we've got a box around that. Now draw two arrows to two smaller boxes on the right side of that. And the top one, put adaptation. And on the bottom one, put change blindness. Okay. Things that occur over time make us less interested in the occurrence the next time. For example, if we were doing a guard gate at General Motors or if we were doing a a, a vehicle control point in the Saudi Gulf, okay? 
as the vehicles come towards us, the first couple of vehicles were going, oh my God, it's a bomb. I bet somebody's got a gun. I wonder if they have one. Yeah, it's got them. drugs. It's got something. Yeah. You get what I'm trying to say? Yeah. So we're all amped up. But what happens is we only have a certain amount of cognitive reserves, a certain amount of calories, a certain amount of adrenaline, adrenal cortex can only pump so much. So after a while, we start looking and going, well, it hasn't killed me yet. I bet this next one doesn't kill me. Right. And now it reverses. So here's the thing. It's always important, but we get used to that nagging of that neighbor next door. And all of a sudden, all the calls are the same. And the coppers come out and go, really? Again? You, you really aren't exercising much advanced critical thinking here. Isn't there a way we can get through this? So the community policing officer's been there. Your mom has been there. The neighbors are, and, and the people at work that you work with, they're literally tired of hearing your problem because they're framing it correctly. They're saying, here's the world and here's your problem. Can't you see it? The problem is we're humans. We can't see that. We've created this file folder now for our neighbor. And all the things, even the mysterious UFO and, and Sasquatch thing, start filling in there. Then we start thinking, he's got it out for me. How yeah. am I going to do this? What happened? So, do you understand? So it becomes inordinately larger well, than the first problem. Right. And I would say almost on an exponential level, right? Because, yes, absolutely. And because the, the farther you go down that road, the harder it is to come back. Just like you said, now you go out there and, you know, someone uh, was driving drunk down the street and they knocked over your garbage can. You walk out yep. there and it's, I bet the neighbor dumped my garbage can out on the street. Yeah, who does he you know? automatically you start to blame saying? someone exactly. for something that they didn't do. And I think that's definitely the case here with the cognitive dissonance is now I start to You're see right on. everyone as that, or, or this person is now the cause of all everything wrong in my life. I'm doing bad at work. I got fired. Well, it's because I'm always dealing with the neighbor and he got on my nerves and that affected me at work. So there's definitely, I think, I think that in, in these cases. So, you know, why, go, go ahead. I have one. Yeah. Well, let's let's on focus yeah. pull a little bit on this one. So, Every single time that I sat down to have a meal as a copper, somebody would walk up from the citizenry that I was sworn to protect, that was paying my bills. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. And they would come up and they'd go, hey. And I'd say, hey, because you're a copper, you got to say, hey. Yeah. And they'd say, I just wanted to tell you, my sister-in-law got a ticket by one of you guys for whatever. <laughs> now, listen, okay, 27 years as a copper, yeah. I never wrote a ticket, ever. That wasn't my job. That, that's not what I did. So I'd have no idea. As a matter of fact, I, I wouldn't know where on a civil infraction to put the name or, or, or the infraction itself. But I endured, okay? The other thing was, as a copper, you get weird calls. So yeah. uh, all of a sudden, you work the dispatch council as a cop in, in many jurisdictions. That's how you have to, to go through one time a month. You're in a jail or you're at dispatch. And you'd get a call, and they'd say, hey, listen, I, I, I locked myself out of my house. And you'd go, and is your house being burglarized? Or no, uh, can you come over and get me in? Why would I come over and get you in? Brian, coppers are the only 24-hour. They'll always answer business. In <laughs> and well, the people on the other end don't quite understand. So, so this is why I'm, I'm admonishing our listeners to remember, no matter what your job is, when somebody says they went to the cops a bunch of times, Okay, sometimes what they mean is they walked into the mini station and said, my neighbor is an asshole. Now, to them, that chalks up at I already went to the cops. I reported the other thing was yeah. I told my sister that I would call the cops. Now we're at two. Do you yeah. understand what I'm trying to say? So let's make sure there's a laser focused distinction okay. between what people think going to the cops for. This case that 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 we're talking about went all the way to the point where 
there's restraining orders in place and there's 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 you know uh, uh you know uh, uh trespassing if you come on my property again and how could nobody see that train in denver uh two days ago a ups or or uh, some type of delivery driver not talking ups uh try to rush past the train before the gates came down and now some kids not going to get their gosh damn toy on right. christmas right so what here if we look at just the gift of time and distance what's the problem here the problem is in human communication and what most people want their say and don't want their way but in this instance somebody wanted their way that's the root of the cause why why was it so important and it breaks down to the the law of the castle human beings believe that there's something special about them they they think that their possessions they you have to remember as a kid when somebody came by and you said hey you can't walk on my sidewalk yeah and, oh, yeah right <laughs> it's a house hey, I'll, I'll tell my dad well who's your yeah. dad well my dad will come out and, and, and he'll tell you can't park, your dad, in, you can't park you can't in front of our house that. like this is a city street yes we but can but where do you think we get that <laughs> yeah we exactly. get that from modeling our parents don't we and, right. and our parents don't have a bunch like like it's the greatest economy in the greatest history of any of the civilizations on the face of the planet i'm still broke i, I know <laughs> yeah, you're still broke yeah, exactly okay and it's, and so yeah. we have to have something and what we have is our identity and our identity in large part is our home our domicile our car look look at the things we yeah, do for our car right yeah. oh yeah okay? for sure so, so so how come we can't understand that in instances like this they're as important as our kids. Do you know what I'm saying? I mean, a mom protecting her kid and me thinking that I have to protect my castle, those are the trigger moments you were talking about, I think. Well, yeah, and those are. And that's why I think part of it is because we get that question a lot, right? And we like sure. to frame it as, you know, you know, like you said, some people want their say or most people want their say, right? They just want to get things Almost off their everybody. chest. They want to tweet about it, you know, yep. Facebook about it, send an angry email, make it bad, make an angry phone call. And they want to storm get out. You, yeah. you get what I'm saying? Whatever yeah. it is, right. you yeah. know, flip out at the DMV, even though everyone knows you're going to wait in line forever there. It, it, but you know, whatever the situation is. So what is it about? And, and then more to how do we identify the guy who, who, wants his way right because in this yeah, way so, this guy the, this guy took the the neighbor went over there because i know the guy who was murdered was getting in a car with his fiance so exactly. and then they started an argument so he's actually he was leaving it's and then, likely that he was leaving and that yeah. he didn't want to fight at right. this and, time and place and then so he you know neighbor comes over and starts shooting at him so it's it's that that point yes there's different trigger points but how do you know the person full, yeah cup being full is the first thing that you brought up which was spot on brian but I would, I would ask our listeners to do a little homework. Okay, so when and lake, look it up in California, N-G-U-Y-E-N, -E and lake, L-A-K-E. Okay, so when, and, and I'm not going to tell them the background on it, but it's a horrific abduction, homicide, multiple serial killer uh, thing. So here we have when, one part of this serial killer duo. And when sees the cops at the trunk of the car the first time they get accidentally contacted for a completely different thing. Nobody knew who they were. Lake stays and when flees on foot. The cops don't chase him because they don't know what they've got. Yeah. Now they figure out that Lake, the guy that they've got in custody, is a massive serial killer, wanted guy, and when was his partner. Lake commits suicide in the interview room, and now all points bulletin, everybody's looking for when. So they go back to the U.S. Marine Corps records and they found out, wait a minute, when went AWOL after they caught him in this deal selling military goods? Mm -hmm. When they came up to arrest him, Brian, he fled on foot. 
when they fled with him in the parking lot, he fled in a car and he went to another place. So then they locate him in Canada and they go, hey, you know who that is? That's when that's the guy they're going for. What do you predict that he right. did when yeah, they went up? Gonna... So my thing to you, Brian, is a leopard change can't change its spots. And humans repeat behaviors because it gives them something. So here we have a situation where the give and take has gone back and forth between these individuals, but they failed to see the escalation on at least one of the parties. So I will tell you this, since the time you are born, you set a baseline for your behavior. When mm -hmm. you want to eat, when you want to poop, when you want to do this, that, the other. You also set a, a, an earmark, a place in there, like a biorhythm, like your heart, mine going, okay. <laughs> but as in that, that heart biorhythm chart, how much you will argue with your loved one, for example. Right. Like, like Shelly and I. Shelly and I, the easiest thing is she says idiota and walks away. And I know the conversation is done. Right. You know what I'm trying to say? With, <laughs> so, yeah, with Michaela, I don't know, you know, but but we both married like in, in women way more intelligent than yes. we are. And yes. so they don't they don't fall to our and another no. thing, right? Yeah. So so those things, those peccadillos, those little idiosyncratic things that we do define us, Brian. And what happens is when you're talking about somebody completely at random, the stakes are highest. So I walk out of the dry cleaners and I bump, like I would go to the dry cleaners and I bump into a guy that's coming in that, that's going to the tattoo shop or whatever. And uh, I look at him, and I go, hey, asshole. And he pulls out a knife and stags me, stabs me in my jugular. You can't predict that situation. There's a higher likelihood because it was a confrontation, but you can't predict it because you didn't watch. You didn't develop a baseline right. for comparison. But with a neighbor, with your kid, with the Uber driver that you've been with for, for 15 or 20 minutes, you're going to start getting a sense of what normal baseline is like. And each person, each time that person gets agitated or aggravated, let's call that a point on this continuum, this scale. So you, as the human that lives next door, and, and perhaps the person was leaving, but we don't know what happened just before that, Brian. Was, was that yeah. the straw that broke the, well, you know, the metaphoric camel's back? You, you get what I'm trying exactly. to say? Exactly. And I don't know if he was, you know, the guy who got killed was walking out of the house and finished a cigarette and threw it in his yard. We have no idea what, what occurred. Exactly. But, but that precipitating event yeah. was clearly enough to create this baseline, this new anomaly on, on that baseline and it turned into a fatal event and and okay so you brought up a, a couple of good points i want to kind of hit on and when you talked about Thank the you. baseline and, and how it even how a it, broken clock brian yeah, twice even twice, a broken clock yep. twice a day so um you know we look at it because <laughs> right on the surface looking at it you, you know when it is that person who who is oh they're always acting like this they're always doing that um, we don't necessarily notice, or this guy obviously didn't notice that it's continuing to escalate, right? So instead of, hey, that baseline remaining at one area and then picking all those little anomalies that come above it, people end up doing what? Almost just raising that baseline. Yeah, but that's and, and, the, you just touched yeah. on the answer to and, your original question. Right. And how you can survive an incident like this. Well, you? that's that's what it comes in because I, you know, it, if, if this, this guy who, who's now dead had taken a second to look at everything that's going on exactly. and do some critical thinking, go, what's likely going to happen? And, and do I want that to happen? Because can I, can, can I de-escalate right? this yeah. in a manner that it would de-escalate? So Brian, I'll ask you a very, very simple question. Cause you hit the nail on the head. That was, that was brilliant. Um, I'm out swimming and, and uh, they say in a riptide, 
I do a lot of swimming. <laughs> yes. And, and uh, when like you're in riptide, floating, but... you're supposed to – thank you, you bastard. You're supposed to parallel uh, the beach yeah. un, until the water – you know, yeah. obviously notify yeah. people I'm dying out here. Parallel the beach until you cut in. Now, imagine yourself out in the ocean at any point. And like me, I went in 30 minutes after eating, so I got a badass <laughs> cramp, right? So you got a cramp, and your answer to the cramp is, well, I'm going to continue swimming further away from the shore because the water temperature and the waves are yeah. about the same as when I got in. What happens is you soon get to a point where you're over your head because it's illogical to ignore the facts. And what happens is in these cases, and I've seen many of them, in these cases, the fact is it's not going to get easier. Now, you can kill them with kindness or mm -hmm. you can kill them with a shovel. But you're going to come to a point where you have to make a decision. So uh, old days, copper walking on the street, I get a call and they said, hey, uh, uh, you know, come over here and meet this person. I meet the person and the guy looks at me with the straightest face I've ever seen. And he says, one more time that this guy edges and gets any of this grass on my property, I swear to God, I'll kill him. And Brian, you get this cold feeling. Yep. Remember, you're, yeah. you're, you're, you're every yeah. once in a while, very, very that. rarely, yep. that you get the feeling and you know that the person's being brutally honest with you. Yep. You get what I'm saying? There was no question in my mind what was going to happen. So I talked to the community policing officer for the area. We sit down. We do an intervention. And I always do it with the yellow pad, Brian. You know, I got yellow pads all over the house. Last time we met, I said, hey, do me a favor. Bring me more yellow pads because the local yellow pad distributor uh, didn't have any more. <laughs> yellow pad. I put a line down the middle. Uh, Friedrich Nietzsche said it best. I, I must measure what I might gain by what I must lose. Yes. So when you're sitting there and you're, you're looking at me at home right now, or, or you're, you're running or driving or on a treadmill and you're going, this guy's full of shit. Listen to me. You're saying I pay too much for my house to look for another house. You're saying I am not going to drive all the way around the block and park on the other street because my neighbor's a nutcase. I am not going to walk my, my dog uh, closer to my work than my home because I'm afraid of this guy. I'm saying that that's cognitive dissonance. That's your brain telling you that don't worry, things will get better. It's, gonna, it's not going to get better. It's only going to get worse. You're going to exacerbate the situation. If you've tried, and I hope you have, to de-escalate it by saying, hey, listen, here's a gift card to the lo local city market. I'm sorry about this inconvenience. Let's be friends. And the guy told you where to stick that card, and it's now halfway in your prison wallet. Listen, you are the one with the problem because you're not seeing the forest for the trees. You're not seeing that you're getting deeper into that ocean. And, and I know I use those different terms, Brian, but the reason is I'm trying to create a, a memory and emotion link for our listeners. Yeah. So when they see something else during the day, they'll go, hey, that's, that was the, the prime topic we were talking about. Does that make no, sense? No, no, I mean, that, that goes, we can go into a number of areas, but that, that's any relationship you have with a number, another human being, not just a neighbor that you can't stand, that's, yes. within, that's how, why, why do some people stay in abusive relationships? Oh, you know, it'll get better exactly. it's only every once in a while. You know, it's not as bad as it was before. That's exact. That's, that's cognitive dissonance in that relationship. Absolutely. Absolutely. It is. And, and my, my, one of my biggest faults, I, I, I have many, you, I you one, have a lot, so. one concealed by the camera in this five X jacket, <laughs> uh, but the, in this immense headset, the world's <laughs> largest headset, but, but Brian, one of my, my biggest challenges is in humans. When, when I meet a human, I create what this human could be and what they could do, even though they'll repeatedly disappoint me and yeah. they won't meet my expectations, then guess who gets bothered by that? Do you think they're at home going, wow, I've disappointed Greg? Look at you. <laughs> no, you one know what I'm no one says that. No one says that. 
even the deli owner, you know what I'm saying? Where I go six, eight times a day, doesn't say that. No, but uh, enough with the jokes on my, my fat butt. But the idea, at my expense, by the way, the idea here, Brian, is that we create a uh, universe that we live in. And, and uh, we have very fragile ego systems, EGO systems. And when something comes into face that, cognitive dissonance will step up in many instances and say, don't worry, let's ostrich this and it'll get better. Let's look the other way and it'll get better. But for each time that you do that, you create scar tissue, which makes the final time the hardest to pull that Band-Aid off. The hardest no, and, I, and that goes into what we say a lot about, you know, people people believe what they want to believe. They see yes. what they want to see. We hear what we want to hear. And we'll, we'll slip in something that's completely wrong, not, not even realizing it. People will do that without taking that, that approach of, well, you know, can I take a step back here and actually look at what's going on? It's exactly. difficult. We too. conflate the issue yeah. with other parallels that, that have nothing to do with it. But it seems now like, oh, I see there's other situations that have occurred. This is similar. No, no. You have to deal with this situation on its own because this could be life and death. And if I would tell you that uh, mowing your lawn could turn into a life and death struggle with your neighbor, you would tell me I'm full of crap. That's crazy, yet, right. Yeah, you and I know that every single day in these these local papers, if we looked around, there yeah. are incidents, and maybe it weren't the lawn, maybe it was the swimming pool, or maybe, it, like you said, right. park in the car. You yeah. get what I'm trying to say? But that's enough. That's a bridge too far. You said it once. Remember Chicago when you had to go out and shovel the street? Right. And you put the folding chair? Yeah. Because it was for your dad you were shoveling, right? Yeah. But now the neighbor comes in and knocks over your, your yeah, folding chair happening. and parts there. That ain't going to happen, <laughs> is it? And that could be a death sentence. Is that yeah. not the truth? No, that, that, that's true. And that's what put it in the guy. This guy, Patterson, was the one who shot and, and killed uh, the victim. And that's so it, whatever occurred right there, that was his trigger moment where, you know what? Enough's enough. And, exactly. and I, I've, the glass is full and now it must spill over and it's going to spill over onto whoever is in that area. You're exactly right. Because right. you just so go back you to your question. example, just go, go back going. to your example. Of, I'm walking out of the dry cleaners. I bump into someone yes. and say, Hey, back off pal. And that dude, we don't know what happened like, before yeah, that. that. And that's, that's the big takeaway from all of these is when you're approaching people. And I, cause you see guys, it, it, just anyone, when you see someone acting crazy or doing something, you're like, Oh, that guy's an idiot or he's not going to do this. Where yes. I'm like, dude, that might, that guy might pull out a gun this and might be the one in there right now. Like the gym example from a while ago where I said the guy threw the, <laughs> threw the, yep. threw the bar down on the ground. Cause he couldn't get the, the cable stack you know that he wanted because it was busy in there and i'm going this guy might shoot up the place and everyone else went oh what a little baby he's just you know he can't handle it i'm like i'm getting out of here yep. you know i'm gonna save my ass because that interruption in your day is a low calorie right safety intervention and you are largely responsible for your own safety and security so how do we know mr patterson didn't have a full glass before we know that because there isn't uh, uh, the decomposing corpses of other neighbors. Right. So he hasn't acted out past this threshold. But in many instances, we see people that act out time and time and time again. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden there's a death. And, and the, the one that I want to talk about on that, Brian, is, is Mindy McCready. And, and you yeah. and I have had a, a discussion about that. Uh -huh. Mindy McCready had a situation where she... Her career arc and her career path this were amazing. Country singer. Songs, from beautiful. 10 yeah, yeah. yeah, 10, 15 years ago, but she's country singer. She's got well, started getting famous. out there for folks. Do, yeah. do research. Every one of her songs became a hit. Everything she touched turned to gold. 
she was dating people that that you would look at and go oh my gosh that's wonderful you know top of the punch everything is coming up roses and she had a couple of stumbling blocks so this album doesn't do well she drops from one record company and goes to the next hoping that it'll get better um she has kind of an oxycontin habit and so what she does is she goes in and gets a fake script not understanding that they're complicit felonies. So she gets bagged for fraud and for possession of drugs and for the use of a fake script. Do you get what I'm saying now? She got a record. And this is where I'm going with Patterson. We didn't know that Patterson had any scar tissue. We didn't know maybe he'd Mm -hmm. been arrested for an assault with a deadly, right? So Mm -hmm. so Mindy now uh, uh, has, uh, I'm arrested with uh, uh, the script and a little bit later, I'm a, a probation violation a little bit later. Hey, listen, I was DUI. Do you get what I'm trying to say? Right. Uh, so in between like every third one of those things. Now, nobody knows this except for her closest friends and relatives. Think about that for a minute. Nobody in the public knows this. And then all of a sudden there is, boom, the first uh, 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 suicide attempt. Then of three or four incidents later with the police, the second suicide attempt, then the third. Now, by her fourth suicide attempt, Everybody that's working with her, playing with her, everything else is making good money. And they're going, ah, it's just Mindy. She's you fine. Get yeah. What is that, Brian? That's that cognitive dissonance biting them in the ass and they're not paying attention to it. They even hire people to check it out. Then all of a sudden it gets to this crescendo of violence with, with one of the, the husbands of her kid and the, the, the person that she was married or not married to at the time kills himself on the porch of the home that she loves, this cabin in the woods that she loves to go to when, when she needs to unwind. Okay, if you were an investigator with that yellow pad and you yeah. had your VVV marker and you were starting to put stuff down, if you were creating this baseline, Brian, where's the logical end? The logical end was a self-inflicted gunshot wound, okay? And she ends up shooting herself mm-hmm. with the same gun that he committed suicide with. Stevie Wonder screamed out that he saw this and nobody else paid attention. So what was blinding them? I say in this instance, it was part cognitive dissonance, okay, which includes, remember those blocks on a, a, the blocks on adaptation and change, change blindness. blindness. Yeah. But I also think that there's the big dollar sign. There was money involved. Well, in that, so in her situation, hope, in yeah. this situation, yeah. would hope that this person would get better because they're your meal ticket. So in the Patterson situation, it's probably a similar situation where, listen, I'm about to get married. I bought this house. I love the house. I love my wife. I'm not going to let this neighbor get me down. Do you get what I'm trying to say? Mm-hmm. But sometimes it's that forest for the trees that gives us that, 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 that you know, cognitive dissonance uh, blinders that we put on. Well, and then it, that's, and yes, I would agree with, in, in her case, it, a lot of those people who immediately surrounded her, there was a money issue. They were financially tied to her and they don't want to believe that. But, but even if that's not the case and you're not famous and someone is just in that same situation, you know, like we always say, whether it's a school shooter or suicide, whatever, you know, that, that family never wants to believe. And that's that cognitive dissonance. That's that adaptation change blindness. So how, yep. like why, one, I would guess, why don't we want to, like, why do we, why do most people lack the ability to protract out the behaviors they're seeing? Right. So Brilliant why, question. why do so we, let, why do we not right do that? Like, you know, let's stop there and not go to the, the second part that, that I yeah, know that yeah, you're yeah, going to yeah. ask on it. So, We've evolved past having to fight every single day for our survival. Mm-hmm. Every single time that we pull up and order a number three in a clown's mouth, we get dumber. We get further from the evolutionary scale where we had to worry about what we were wearing. And, and now the weather men will tell you that the weather two weeks out, 
they'll tell your kid when to bring an umbrella to the school bus stand. So every time that we don't have to think about what if, what, what, is, what lies in the balance on this mm -hmm. decision I'm about to make, every time that we do that, we get dumber. So we used to have to walk around our environment and we'd put that berry in our mouth and we'd only eat the one and oh my God, it was sour and terrible and, and, and it made me sick and I almost died. So what would I do back in a cave? I would act that out in, yeah. in a kata so everybody would know not to grab berries from that one bush. You get what I'm trying to say? Mm -hmm. But we don't do that anymore. And in a, a, a society now where we're staring into this thing all the time, guess what we don't do a lot? We don't sit around the kitchen table with the family and discuss the upcoming high school prom, do we? So, yeah. so our parents are distanced. We, we don't know the names of our neighbors. Uh, do you get what I'm trying yeah, to say? So, that's a so big thing by in, me. Yes, yes. So, so in that, and, and I, I, later I'll give Brian's cell phone number and his address so you can go visit him. But in that <laughs> world that we've now created, it's actually insulated us from these primitive human behavior, observations, perceptions, and triggers. And therefore, because we haven't used them in a long time, listen, Mr. Placinic, I used yeah. to play piano when I was a kid. Poor Jeff, my brother Jeff, I won't tell you the story. But, but I used to play the piano. So I knew with my dyslexia, I couldn't read the notes. So I could hear and I would mimic. And I could yeah. mimic very well. I haven't played the piano in probably 35 years. So I would go out there and sound, bing, bang, bing, yeah. bang, okay? Because I don't have that skill right here in my file folders anymore. So imagine now 10,000 or 50,000 or a million years of this time has gone by where I'm not challenged anymore. Uh, Brian, every single time I see one of these events unfolding on the news in progress, a shooting or anything else, and the camera pans, what's everybody doing? Yeah, they're, they're on their phone or they're trying okay. to film it. Yeah, exactly. So I'm telling you that that is the biggest threat to our personal safety is that we're disconnected with our survival instincts. And the only way to recalibrate them the only way to to reawaken them is with training. Right. And I, I think, too, is um, like you said, that is, I mean, every generation that's born is now you now have it easier than anyone else who walked the earth. And then the next generation that's born it. says now you have it easier than anyone. So, right. It continues to, to get that in terms of comfort and and, you know, yet, your safety. Yet we're burdened. We're right. still burdened with all the needs of our primitive brain. Do you see well, that? That's, so, and that? So honor that, and, yes. and ego. You get what I'm trying to say? Yeah. So we're still that primitive form here, but now we have all these wonderful things that are happening. And, and I think that's why we... reaching rage first, you know? And I, and I honestly believe that's actually a big part of why we have so many issues with this stuff, with suicide and resilience totally and, and all kinds of different mental health issues because... No one has scar tissue anymore. No one has built resilient. We haven't built adaptability. What's the app for that? Yeah, we don't have to. We don't have to go out there and and skin our knees. Exactly. So when something comes up in our environment that shouldn't be difficult to deal with, we don't have the tools. We don't have the resources available. I haven't built them yet in my life. That's why, like out here by by me in California, everyone is just everything's a tragedy. Everything is. People are like you know you get to bring your dog in everywhere. You get to do like it's like. I, it's an environmental reason. It's always nice here where I'm at. So if you don't have to, just, just something as simple as you have to create an emotional. Yeah. You have to, yeah, there, yeah, yeah. you still need, you still need something to stress and worry and fear about. That's a natural human condition. And when you don't have it, you got to start making crap up. And totally, so, totally agree. So, so you, you know, the big guy is not the brightest bulb in the package, right? 
So, and I don't know how much welding you've done, but looking at the box you live in, I'm assuming that at some point in your career, you're going to have to learn. So um, <laughs> I never got past in, wood, woodworking. Just, I never got to do woodworking with you and that, you and that stone, that little yeah. wood uh, uh -huh. one hitter you used to use for a piece of crap. So, so my old man, my old man was teaching my brother, Jeff and I, uh, Brian, Brian walked out. He would have none of it. He was too smart uh, uh, for the situation. But my old man had a couple of drinks in him, First Marine Division Raider Battalion, had, had the acetylene torch going. He was going to teach his welding. Oh, God. So MIG, TIG, and stick welding, we were going yeah. to do it all in one day. We had all the stuff around on a table and everything else. So what he did is he took these uh, trash metal pieces from Mason uh, Steel in Detroit, and he was erecting a clothesline for my mom in the backyard. So yeah. he had driven these poles into the ground with a sledgehammer. And now these gnarled poles st stuck out of the ground. They're all metal, by the way. And this is my dad. So you, you didn't come up to dad and go, hey, dad, uh, lightning in. What about these? <laughs> Do you see what I'm saying? And, yeah. and they're, the poles are kind of like this. But he, he's trying to straighten them up with the sledgehammer. So he's got all the stuff out there. And he puts these uh, pieces of different type of metal into the first metal that he drove into the ground. So you got like a three-quarter inch in the ground, now a half inch that's going on top. And he's welding it, you know? So he's welding and he's welding and I'm watching. So he goes on to the next one and he's narrating as he's going. And my brother Jeff's literally taking notes, serious business. And so I'm still standing at the first one going, this is the most amazing thing, trying to process it in Remo world because I'm a little slower and I, I do pictures. And I lean over and grab onto the pole that he had welded first. Yeah. And my hand immediately... Uh, you can't see the scar tissue, but I got some good scar tissue from it. My hand immediately glues to the pole because it's still hot. And the amazing thing was, Brian, it didn't hurt because it had burned all the nerve endings immediately. But what really hurt is I knew it was going to hurt, so I started screaming. So my dad turned around, saw the emergency, and uh, in our garden, my mom was working in the garden. Ooh, ooh, Irma in the garden with her gosh darn, the German and the, the guy from Tennessee yelling at each other. She had a spade, and you know a spade has that flat tip with the handle, and it's got a D handle. He grabbed that from my mom, ran over, and he hit me in my chest as hard as he could swing that spade. Now, I don't, I'm not a doctor, Brian. <laughs> I don't understand the physiological necessity that my father had to hit me in the chest oh, with that man. spade, but it broke contact with the pole, yeah. And then we were on the way to Saratoga Hospital oh, on Gratiot, south of 8 Mile. So I'm in the <laughs> hospital, and the guy says, listen, this hand may never be the same. You may never have the same range of motion. But he also got two broken ribs. <laughs> and he's trying to ask me about the broken ribs. And, and the, the, the point is that I didn't have a file folder for what my dad was trying to teach me. And so I inhibited my own survival because I wasn't warned mentally. There was no chemicals. There was no neurochemical links. I didn't have any actionable content in that file folder. What's worse is that my father didn't have an emergency plan for dealing with two, a seven and a nine-year-old boy right. that he was welding half drunk in the yard. <laughs> so his first thing was to treat it with his baseline. And what's my dad's baseline been all his life? Man, the harder you hit something, the, the, the you know, better it's going to be. So he grabbed the spade, the only thing he knew how to do at that yeah. moment, and he hit me with it, which, which sort, sort, of, sort of worked. I, still, I think I still have the mark <laughs> next to my nipple ring. But the idea here, Brian, is you talked about spirals, 
Yeah. And spirals mean critical thinking. I had none. I should have. I should have had a plan. My father had none. So if you were going to do the likelihood scale for what was about to happen in that yard that day, you could have yellow padded and figured out that there's going to be a death or an injury. I'm telling you that almost all of our life encounters are going to be the same way. And it's not worth when you bump into that guy out in front of the gosh damn store to mutter under your breath or say something because he might be the one that's going to pull that shank and kill you. It's yeah. not worth it to follow that guy that cut you off in traffic to roll down your window and have your say and go, hey, you just cut me off because that might turn into a rage-fueled homicide. Right. I'm telling you, everything in your life has been predetermined by the amount of energy that you're either going to put into it now or afterwards when people are praying over you and doing incense because you're dead. You have to have a plan. You have to have a plan as you go through life. And, and here, grass-cutting guy, his cup was already full, and the guy getting into the car with his fiance didn't see it, right? He didn't see it, and he didn't sense it, and he didn't feel it. And, and a lot that, and that's the biggest thing is, you know, we, we didn't see it, but then what, what does she say afterwards? Well, yeah, we knew this and we knew it was headed here. We told the police and we said this and we talked to you guys and we all knew it's like, well, then what did you expect to happen when you walked out that door and he was standing there? Exactly. But and, the cognitive dissonance forced yeah, a future, it, it forced a future that they couldn't project at. Well, they and that's, failed to see that they were they were under the cloud and that's why just simply using just the most likely most dangerous course of action hey which one how simple I, is that like, tool? it's it's the easiest thing in the world just to sit there yep. and go all right well yes likely he's going to yell at us or saying what's the most dangerous thing that this guy could do to me right now yeah i know he's got a gun i know he wants to kill me so so maybe now is that time so maybe yes. i want to back off the gas a little bit maybe i want to downshift or, or push yeah. on the gas yeah or get yeah. the hell out of there out you're of exactly there. right, right. So, 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 Brian, you, you, you know, we talked about Minnie McCready very briefly. Right. So two things popped into my mind. I wrote down while we were talking. Uh, one, and, and I, I think it's Mark, but I'm not sure. Uh, Balelo, the, the guy that was on the uh, Storage Wars. Remember that we. Yeah, uh, the, one of those reality stories. Okay, so it's a reality shows. show yeah. that a lot of people watch, and it's still in circulation right now. That yeah, are I don't there. know. They were huge and for a while. So this guy was talking king size crap. He was putting his best foot forward. He was spending a lot of money. This was his Andy Warhol 15 minutes of fame. And the world kept crashing down around him. He lost the business. He did this. Anybody watching, everybody at home, back back in like 2013 when it happened, everybody that I know that liked that show, that was watching that show, said, this guy's going to eat his gun. And what's he do? He pulls into a locked uh, storage container, and he dies from asphyxiation from his vehicle's fumes. Uh, fast forward, Robin Williams, tortured genius. Folks at home, write those two words down, tortured genius knew how to act on stage, knew how to act out in front of people, kept getting to the end of that wick was getting shorter and shorter, Brian, that, 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 that he needed, he fueled sometimes alcohol, sometimes drugs, then beat that. Then it was, you know, uh, self-deprecating humor. Then it was all this other stuff. And everybody said, man, he's just pouring all this stuff out. And then he commits suicide. And now we have all these specials that show all the warning signs uh, dating back for 25 years with Robin and, Williams. And yeah, and even if incredible it's... bastard. If you can fill show yeah. after show after show with these folks and all the hardships they were facing, how can you send your kid to school that's being bullied and not understand that maybe one day he's going to act out? How, how no, and, you... and and that's not even just suicide. That's because that was a, uh, I mean, that was Chris Farley. It was the same way. I mean, exactly. You know, he went to rehab. It wasn't, he, it, he didn't want to be a suicide, you know? No, and he was a mess and they all saw it and everyone knew it. And then they were, 
oh, well, that's just Chris. He'll bounce back. Uh, you know, he'll get the help this time. And so I, I think that's a big one we well, don't see. Uh, what about Elliot Roger? I want to throw that at Farley just to put two well, balances. So Elliot Roger point in his own life where he's convinced there's no way that a girl is ever going to love him. So with him, Elliot Roger creates this world, that this megalomaniac. Real, real quick, world. give yes. tell, tell everyone who Elliot Roger is. Uh, sorry, yeah. uh, folks, do your homework. Uh, Isla Vista the killings uh, a few years back. Elliot yeah, Roger uh, years was the one that drove over the people, uh, shot and killed his roommates, shot a few people, and then shot himself. Look up Isla Vista, California. Yeah, you got to do your homework, uh, uh, folks. This is the only way that you'll learn to pay it forward. So Elliot Roger had these problems manifest. And he believes, because he's a broken human like many of us are, mm-hmm. he believes he's the only one in the world that has these problems and he can't talk to anybody else about it. So he creates a world where he's going to say, so there. I'm not just going to have my say, I'm going to have my way. And that takes on these proportions of homicidal rage. Almost never will your neighbor kill you. Right. It's so statistically insignificant that it's almost never going to happen. But Brian, if you don't read it, you hey lightning's always going to hit somebody somebody's always going to get hit by you know bit by that shark and somebody's always going to win the lottery so i think your assessment of the mlmd coa is the safest answer what's most likely going to occur and guess what if it's a crescendo of of increasing violence then it's only likely to assume that the violence is going to continue right and i think it goes into no matter what case we're talking about right or or what any of these any of these threats or or attacks right because it doesn't uh you know everyone wants to go down the rabbit hole of of different reasons why these things happen well someone will say well that neighbor he was suffering from this and had this it's like that's great like i i understand it doesn't explain like that that doesn't help you realize hey this isn't a situation that i need to change the situation right though understanding how his um you know horrible upbringing and mental health issues and trauma and TBIs like this is kind of used to explain why they did that yeah absolutely that but but I don't know that about my neighbor and I don't know any of that stuff so and, I and have you're to likely off, never to know that when you're going to need to make and, that decision right, and that's exactly the idea right. is I, I have to go on what I can see and their right. behavior and what I can observe and what and can I compare that to that you're exactly right you're yeah exactly. and and that's what it happens because even you know you look at Again, we talk about different trigger moments and why, why people do this. So you've got the guy in you know, Tennessee who kills his neighbor. You brought up a couple of different people that commit suicide. We see and hear about that all the time. And then it's no different than even um, that recent uh, shooting at the, the base down in Florida. You yeah, know, yeah. It's, so it's Pensacola same, is a, yeah. it's, but, but uh, when you take a look at it, you still have, Brian, oh my gosh, you talk about a slippery slope. You yeah. got Hawaii <laughs> and you got Pensacola right. that occurred close to the same date. So that's not unusual. Somebody's going to yeah. start cre- you know, creating yeah. these linkages that don't necessarily have anything to do with it. So the first thing I would say, be careful of what you wish for. Second thing is make sure that you conduct an investigation. Stop looking for motive. Look for what the intent was, and then you'll find out what that was based on. But you're exactly right. If you're in a situation, for example, if you're an HR person that's listening right now, and you have to fire somebody. Everybody says, well, there's rules. Always fire on a Friday. Always do this. Always do that. One, if the person sitting across from you is completely caught off guard, if they're flat-footed and they, because of cognitive dissonance perhaps in their own life, 
didn't see this coming. And it's a big, sudden change in their life. And you can see that you just crushed them and they're walking out of the building. Don't let them back in the building. Yeah. Because when somebody thinks that they've got nothing to lose, do you get what I'm trying to say? That's yeah. the time that they go out there and they say, well, I, I'm, I'm hopeless now. And hopelessness drives a lot of these situations where a, a person now says, well, I'm going to shoot everybody in the business and then I'm going to shoot myself. Listen, you have to sort of understand the emotional um, uh, currency that's being exchanged in those meetings. If, if your kid tells you that th this is devastating, this is a game changer, a life ender, you got to shut up for a minute and listen to them. Shut off the television, sit down, get help. I don't care what your medical insurance covers. It may be the last conversation you have with your kid. So if, if you're that homeowner, if, if you're going to the police, you got to be honest with the desk officer and not say, hey, this is probably nothing. Isn't that the way we start most of these conversations, Brian? Yeah, hey, it's it, probably nothing, but my neighbor's acting kind of hanky. You got to say what's you know, on and, your and, and, and that, what's on your heart. And that happens sometimes. And unfortunately, those things don't get covered as much as they do because there are now parents or teachers or people in the community that go like, look, this is what I'm seeing. You got to come. Like my kid is doing this. I don't know what to yep. do. He's got and 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 we've seen different attempts or, or potential attacks thwarted that way but it's not from it's from someone who knows the person stepping in and that going, baseline yep, yep. And, and it's it's making that that general observation so what people want to right because we all want to hold someone responsible and we never want to hold ourselves responsible right no, but we it's always someone else it's it, it's a psychological right. imperative yes. that everybody else screwed up and it can't be me you're exactly right and and so so that and that's the thing is that well you know it's it's society it's ours as a whole to prevent that next attack or do something or say something right it's not oh well the police or well that teachers should get taught how to do this or but we have to you know, find this, fault right 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 yeah. or the or that we shouldn't we should just get rid of guns or we should just get rid of drugs because that'll work you know it, it, we don't want to yeah. we don't ever want to say well wait i what do i what can be i be a do? better human yeah right, <laughs> right, right. Know, right and 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 we think of this too and, and I'm not bashing anybody, trust me. No, folks. no. This, this is nothing. But this mindfulness thing. Okay, so well, this mindfulness yeah. training. Who's that for? That's for you. Yeah. We are so egocentric that yeah. we can't think outside of us. We can't walk across to our neighbor. Like, I, I'm not going to say anything about Rogue Manor West, but uh, a house sold up the hill, you know? Yeah. And it's on the edge of the BLM, too. So Shelly and I, trying to be the great neighbors, Shelly built this basket, this welcome basket Aww. with all this stuff. So the neighbors have been in there like two years now. And, and they were like, hey, thanks for a welcome basket. We haven't heard from them in two years. Oh, God. We see them, you know, plowing their snow. <laughs> we wave. We do that. Okay. Then on the other side of us, we got the neighbor that we did the same thing for. When we moved in, we gave them a welcome basket for us. Welcome to the neighborhood. And we see them all the time. We're not talking about the guy that we see all the time because we expected that but the people we didn't reach there's not a day that Shelly and I don't go by going I wonder what's the matter with them how yeah. come they didn't do you understand because it's not that we didn't reach out to be friends with them we worry about how we were misinterpreted or or why we're not friends with them that's one of the root causes of this we don't socialize anymore so therefore we're we're our, our ability to socialize properly is retarded and it's not going to get better with all of these uh, 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 scientific influences. Right. And, and there's, you know, um, 
man, there's a there's a lot we could go down on that. Oh my gosh, yeah, but, we uh, just created two more spirals. By no, way. no, it, but it but it but it's good to to mention that is is the cognitive dissonance is a you know you it, it's, that's the key concept that's but, the center. But of the you know instead of stop looking at your neighbor all the time and start looking in the mirror, right? That, that's what we should. It's a, it's an interpersonal but Can you imagine if we would have started that yeah. right at the beginning of this conversation? Because <laughs> isn't that what we're really talking about? Because the neighbor looking Patterson before he killed his neighbor, mm-hmm. Patterson put all of his hate, death, yeah. and his own life into that and felt as though he had been challenged. And that's sometimes enough, Brian. So that mirror is where we need to spend a lot more time. Right, because we project our issues on, on onto others. Yeah. And, and, and the, we, other, the other half of the coin is we got to go out and meet our neighbors because if you like them and they're your friends, they're much less likely to kill you. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, simple. <laughs> it's, it's pure, it's pure, you know, that's what I was talking to our, our friend. It's a little I spoke selfish, to. but it's true, right? No, that's what I, I uh, thing I mentioned to our friend we, I spoke to yesterday who's, yeah. who's going back down range. And I was like, you know, I, I you know how to do the this colonel. already. Yeah, I, I kill people with kindness. Um, I make them to, to the point where it's annoying, especially if it's a foreign partner force, because then you're going to see who's trying to avoid you. Then you're going to see who doesn't want anything to do with you. Spot and that's on. the one that's the one person you got to worry about out of everyone else. Then you know what I'm saying? Or I, I was I was teaching uh, weapons retention and disarming with John Peters, formerly formerly of the U.S. Secret Service and an author of a couple of incredible books uh, uh, about uh, uh, flashlight techniques, speed cuffing, handcuffing. Peters is just a the Mac daddy and he used to wear a head to, to toe uh, yellow one piece jumpsuit. And uh, okay. that was so everybody in the room when we were working out knew exactly where John Peters was. And <laughs> so uh, he walks up to this young copper and he rips his whole holster off and takes his gun and they're walking around the room. And it's just, he, he's just, he's just such a force to be reckoned with. Yeah. And uh, a Michigan state policeman uh, comes up to him. Ah, I spent this much money on this holster, this and that and the other stuff. And he said, yeah, but now you're not going to die because your holster failed. And he says, you know, and he called the class together and he said, the last thing you want to do is call me an MFer when you're arresting me because I'm good enough to take your weapon away from you. And then when I'm sticking it in your face, guess what the last image I had yeah. in my mind. And what he was trying to say is, you know what? You can get a lot further. You know, the honey versus, versus the vinegar thing. And the idea is that I had a good friend that said people mistake kindness for weakness all the time. Brian, you've traveled with me all over the place. Kindness yeah. is the way to go. Yeah, you're less likely to get into the MD COA with a lot of kindness. And the other thing is, I've trained enough that I'm okay. If you want to change the game, if you want to change the stakes, I'm good with it. And you know that as well. So that that competence gives us a level of confidence with which we can be kind to our fellow man. So then what what do I do? I'm listening to this podcast right now. I'm driving or I'm working out or whatever. And I got someone that I'm thinking about right now because I'm going, man, I think they're talking about so and so if, they're, they're, if you're saying that. i think you're talking about me you need to pull into the psychiatrist's <laughs> yeah. office because you're bad shit crazy yeah is that hey, what you meant brian yeah, are you trying yeah, to ask me for help i i know look i, I already know well that was like gosh oh, darn where was i at? was i think that was at the va where they're like would you be willing exactly. if to to have someone come to your home and take your guns away i was like oh absolutely come take them i don't <laughs> they call me the red flag you're, you're red flag and i'm range flag oh my god <laughs> exactly inside <laughs> joke folks yeah yeah and so if i'm i'm sitting here and i'm listening along and going oh man i think they're talking about my buddy or my sister or my yeah. brother or whoever like 
what am I supposed to do? How do I, and just give me a rudimentary way of going, how do lowest I lowest intervention, lowest intervention, no, no, not necessarily like yet, like uh, uh, intervene part. Like, how do I know? No, no, but what I'm is. saying is any, yeah. anything you do would be classified it technically as an intervention, right? I, I see because you're, you're, you're occupying your calories on somebody else, yeah. right? So the lowest calorie intervention that you can do is talk to the person, but now nobody wants to talk to anybody. So the idea but that could be a, a different form of texting I, or calling. I, I get it. Call, I get it. Right, but you yeah. know that most people aren't going to bring up the big issues. So the idea is that it would, you know why they're listening to us? Because they don't want to engage in the big issue talks. They want to find what that drop on the tongue. What's that answer? And my thing is there's a zillion. This is when you use the phone, folks. There's a <laughs> zillion apps out there that call and you can call toll free to somebody on the other end and say, my next door neighbor is exhibiting these symbols. I'm feeling this my son told me this this afternoon i walked in on my daughter and she was cutting if you don't know what to do get help you know why because problems don't get easier the With longer time. they right. get hey, brian what do we tell the airline industry all the time problems yeah. don't get easier at 35,000 30, feet, feet you right. know so so the idea is i would say that the lowest level intervention is probably the right one if you can't talk to that person directly and say hey it looks like you're hurt and how can i help if you can't do that, I'd say pick up the phone and call somebody and go, hey, listen, because you can do it anonymously in most incidents. You know, say, I'm not sure what to do. What should I do next? Yeah, and I, I think that low-calorie intervention is a, is a good one of, of just keeping in touch. The only low-calorie thing that I ever use. Yeah, you don't. <laughs> Look at so, me, folks. So, so that's a good one. But, but when it does come to the suicide issue, um, I know a good one is, like, I've, I've had to straight out, with, especially with, with veterans and guys, just like, like hey, man, uh, what's going on, brother? It's been well. Hey, you think about killing yourself? Because yes. that answer, yes. if anything and else, exactly. if there's a pause, if there's a, uh, well, and if anything other than no comes you up. You tell your friends to yeah. sit with him yeah. and you run and get help. Yeah. Am I lying? And, and no, that's and exactly that's what, what you, you do. Like, because if anything comes out of their mouth other than no, what the, yep. what the hell are you talking about, man? If, if anything other than that comes out, then that means that thought at least crossed their mind. So let me they ask might you not have meant they had a plan to do it, but they, it's crossed their mind. It's a viable option. And that person needs help then. You're, you're, you're working as a copper on midnights and you're walking up on a car that you just traffic stopped for whatever uh, uh, infraction that you may have seen or suspicion that you have. And based on probable cause, you're walking up to the driver and you look inside the car with your flashlight and you say hi to the driver. He kind of gives you the nod and you say, uh, hey, uh, before we get started, are there any guns or knives or anything that I need to be worried about in this car when I'm talking to you right now? And the guy goes, this car? <laughs> Gun, guns and knives in this car? Okay, you just laid out for me the ML and the MD COA on a potential suicide that's unique only to the rest of the world. It yeah. happens on everything else. When, when you see that distracted yeah. or you see that there's a lack of a plan or the too much or not enough emotion but brian without training most average people won't see that so i would admonish you one get the training i'm begging you to get the training and if you can't get the training call somebody that's trained and lay out what you're seeing because you'd be surprised that sometimes somebody goes man you're missing all of these signals because of your dissonance you're missing these signals and then maybe the scales will fall from your eyes. No, I go back to your, uh, your yellow pad too. Yellow pad. Telling you, baby. No, if yellow you sit down, everything. if you sit down and not with, not with the notes on your phone, cause it's a little bit different, but if you sit yep. down and write everything that you think is going on with someone or yourself or whatever, and you come up with a list, because if there really is an issue, you'll see as you start writing and you only have like two or three things, 
Now you start writing. Now all of a sudden your brain starts kicking out Pattern. one, another one, and another one. And I'm like, oh crap! Remember this two years ago? Remember this? Remember? This? Next thing you know, you got a whole page, and you're like, well, it's time to get some professional help for this person. And it's, we are not asking anybody to rush to an unreasonable conclusion. No, that's why I said write it out. Them, give yourself what the saying. gift of time and yeah. distance. Write it out. Take a look. And guess what? At the end, on, under that line, what, what is the total of these? What does yeah. this say to me? Yeah, no, I think I think that's a that's a good good strategy, at least uh, that a white good white belt strategy that that anyone Brilliant. can use um, for anything. We always say you know write stuff down and and you know you plan it out and figure it out and write it all out, and then if you actually take the time to do that, you'd be amazed at how well it works. So how how easy your day can be. Yeah, I think uh, I think that's a pretty good good spot there, Greg, to kind of at least at least wrap it up a little bit. I know we touched on a few different subjects in terms of how, you know, a bunch of different, not just attacks, but, but mental health issues and suicide and homicide and mass shooting. Um, and that, that theme, that overarching theme of, of cognitive dissonance is, is a big one. And I love the one you, you taught me was the, when the glass is full, someone's glass is full. And that's, you guys remember, what was that movie with falling down with what's it, where the guy, you know, gets off oh, work yeah. and he just goes nuts. Isn't that Michael Who Douglas? Yeah, Michael the, Douglas. That's why I couldn't remember. It's just name. a day. Yeah. Yeah. Day, one day in LA and he just, yeah. And he just goes around just, you know, not caring and pulling guns out and shooting stuff. So the, the whole idea is his glass is full, right? Someone's glass yep. is full and you don't know when someone's walking into your store or you're meeting someone on the street or you're standing in line at Starbucks or you don't know who, you know, that was the Elliot Roger one, right? Where the photo, you're exactly him, right. Where he's holding the cup of Starbucks in his car yep. when some of his last photos and you're going, we talked he, about that, Brian. Yeah, Can you did. imagine yeah. the folks that were next to him in the Starbucks never knew yep. that when he walked back out to his car, the final two things were his manifesto. He was going to videotape yep. that he was going to kill his neighbor or kill his roommates and go on his killing spree. Yeah. So, so, so that, that's the idea is you don't know what that person's dealing with. So err on the side of caution for your own survival sake, but also to make it better for yourself, man. Like when you see, I always try to do that, you know, you know, you get people busy, perfect Starbucks example, when the person's busy and they're trying to take your order and they're getting frustrated and man, you go the extra mile for them and say, Hey man, I know it's tough in here. It's slammed. Hey, do you mind? Could I get this? And they're, they suddenly change. It makes their day a little bit better. And then yep. maybe they give you something for free, whatever. But either way, like it's just, but it's Brian, positive, if you're you wrong, know? if yeah. you're wrong, what have you lost? Exactly. If you call for help, if you call and get somebody to give you some advice, even if you're wrong, what have you lost? You haven't lost anything. You haven't lost credibility. As a matter of fact, I, I think that your, your friends would, would applaud you saying, hey, thanks for caring enough about me. And you know what? Even if you're wrong, maybe you'll catch some other issue that you didn't see and and you'll save a life. And that's okay. All right. Well, I think that's a good spot to to end on. So thanks, everyone, for listening. Um, And don't forget that training changes behavior. That's all for today, folks. Thanks a lot for tuning in. Remember, you can follow us on Facebook at HBPRA. Check out our website at ArcadiaCognorati.com. Please, if you enjoyed the show, like it, share it, tell your friends about it get the word out there and if there's something you want us to cover directly or curious about go ahead and get a hold of us by email at leftofgreg@gmail.com. at gmail.com thanks